Cryptids and Omens, and welcome back to another episode of My Boyfriend's Record Collection. My name's Amanda. I'm Jason. And this is a podcast where we talk about relationships, music, and our relationship with music. Each and every week, we pick our random album from My Boyfriend's Record Collection and discuss the album, the vinyl, the critical reception, and how it makes us feel. What album are we talking about today, Jason? Today we are talking about Cause I Love You uh, by Lizzo. Oh boy. The debut studio album from everyone's favorite body positive pop singer, Lizzo. Uh Uh-huh. That definitely (laughs) has not done anything shady or wrong that we're definitely not going to be talking about in about four and a half minutes. But before we get into that, how about you do, uh, we'll be doing the um, My Boyfriend's News Corner kind of in two portions, one that relates directly to the album because yes... Dear listeners, I learned all about the fucking lawsuit for you. I did this for you, and I'm so sorry if you thought Lizzo was a good person. It it makes me happy that we didn't cover the lawsuit like when it actually happened. Me too. Me too. Because now I'm like, oh, cool. We saved it for the Lizzo episode. Exactly. Exactly. But uh, let's talk about something that's not Lizzo first in the boyfriend's news corner. What you got? What's going on on Twitter? Uh, Well, nothing. Uh, (laughs) no i had a lot of stuff i I had some stuff prepared but um or i was working on it but we're gonna talk about uh going to see death clock and baby metal oh my god and then we got the lizzo thing so i figured that would fill up enough time absolutely (laughs) yeah so it's time for my boyfriend's concert review the baby clock tour co-headlined by death clock of the metalocalypse tv show that Mm -hmm. aired on adult swim in the early 2000s and baby metal japanese idol metal band pioneer of that particular genre yeah i feel like now there's a bunch of copycats yeah well maybe they're not copycats like the ones that are produced by like an idol agency like in japan when we're talking about idol music they take generally girls sometimes boys too out of school at like the age of like six or seven give them private tutors dance lessons and basically grow their own pop stars yeah no it's it's really cool i think yeah it's totally healthy it definitely has not left anyone messed up i hope that's not what's happening to baby metal because Uh. they were amazing you know people people uh you know boomers love to decry the decline of like real american music Mm -hmm. well we start we gotta start forcibly putting kids into music camps exactly exactly (laughs) grow them cultivate them for our cultural exports (coughs) korea anyway (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah no we went to see we went to atlanta to see uh baby metal and death clock and the first thing was um we got there i mean not crazy early but it was like 5 30 yeah doors opened at seven yeah and there was a lot of confusion the venue was the coca-cola roxy Mm -hmm. and um i'm sure the people that actually run it are lovely but it was not very well organized there was like one person checking bags for the vip line and about three people checking bags for the line that went down about like six and a half, seven blocks. Yeah, it was crazy. So we walked all the way to the end of this like crazy ass line. And then there's a girl with like a QR code like, hey, you can uh, scan this QR code and get an upgrade on your ticket so you can go to the faster line and use the VIP lounge and shit. And yeah. We are like, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I was in pain. Yeah. I was like, I was getting a little overheated. I was a little overstimulated. I'm like $50 to get me the hell out of here. Absolutely. Right. So then we walk up there to like where the VIP line is and it's like this tent and we see the people in front of it and uh, we're like, oh, okay, so this is where the line is. This doesn't seem like that many people. This is cool. And, um... So we're standing there for a while. Like, like about 40 minutes. Yeah, at least. Until, 
you know, uh, someone comes along to just do the like, all right, if you're in this line, you know, make sure you have your tickets out. That that the whole thing. Yep. You know, you need your wristband for this. You know, and that's when I like looked around, and saw and like noticed that like, apart from this like kind of loose grouping of people that we were in, there was an actual line. So we did the right thing, and we realized <laughs> as soon as we realized like, we were about to cut in line, we went to the end of that line, and then the general admission yeah. line went way faster. Yeah, we, we went to the end of another long-ass line. Not as long, and it no. was in the shade. Yeah, and so then uh, we finally get inside, and I'm like, all right, I learned my lesson from the, the Death Grip show. Uh, which is hit the merch booth immediately. Absolutely. The second you get through the doors. And, uh, which I did. And even then the line for the merch booth was extended all the way out into where, into the actual like room where the concert was like basically into the crowd Yeah. for the, <laughs> for the show. So like I got in that line, which to be fair, uh, to be fair to them, they had like five people working yes. that merch booth. So the it, merch team was incredible. incredible. They were they were on top of the, they had they did the right thing, where uh you know you have sizes posted and you have numbers. Yep. For the shirts that like never if you, if you're a person running a merch booth for the love of God just put a number up yeah, there. Yeah, just we're, put a number. I just we're say, begging you. Hey, I want a I want a two and a four in a two XL, please. You yes. Know, like. So we ended up getting the tour shirt, um, the yeah. final like Death Clock tour shirt because we yeah. also have the, one of the first Death Clock tour shirts. The first. first Death yeah. Clock tour. So it kind of felt yeah. like a good complete thing one of yeah. one of my biggest regrets in life i say it all the time is i if i could go back in time for five seconds to like 2007 i would type in your name on myspace and the trajectory of our lives would have been different yeah. and like one of the things i really wish i had known you when you went to that death clock show like right. i mean i i well, had to no fair, to be fair i lived in maryland at the time i still would have found you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in this perfect time travel yeah. scenario okay <laughs> um but, like, it was just, I don't know, it's been really fun lately with concerts, kind of, like, healing that part of my inner child that never got to do any of this stuff. Yeah. And it's been really wonderful. And it just, it was magical, even though there was a lot of issues. Oh, yeah, another thing about the Roxy. Um, tell your security staff that they cannot just ask to inspect someone's mobility aid. <laughs> okay? That's super duper illegal. I mean, the security staff uh, seemed very, very... Um, uh, haphazard yeah i don't I think say. i don't think the, the lady they didn't, that really, asked, they didn't really know what was going on and to be fair she did catch it pretty quick but it's yeah. still it's kind of a fucked up thing it almost felt like they forgot to hire security yeah so they just like grabbed people that were working yeah. inside the venue like hey you're you're gonna be working the front gate today. yeah definitely <laughs> but um anyway so we get our merch mm -hmm. and at that point we we're like you know, the opening act that we don't really care about. Uh, sorry, all the Jason Richardson fans, I suppose. Um, so we're like, let's go check out what this VIP lounge is. So we go up there and it's like a pretty nice room. It's got its own uh, like private bar and private bathrooms. Right. And the private bathrooms had deodorant, yeah, hairspray, nice. like really nice. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we posted up on the couches and we were able to watch Jason Richardson set on the TV, which was very funny because, um, so if you don't know, Jason Richardson is 
a guitarist. He was in uh, what was he in? I always forget uh, this. He was in um Chelsea something. Yeah, he was in Chelsea Grin. Yep. And Born of Osiris, and he's currently in All That Remains, which is hilarious. <laughs> but uh, uh, now he's doing a solo thing. And normally, when a solo guitarist is doing, they still like usually tour with a band. Mm-hmm. Like, at least a bass player and a drummer. Yeah. But he did not. It's no! Just, it's just this guy on stage, like, on the on his, like, podium with his light stacks next to him, just shredding on guitar. And not it, singing. No, no, no. No vocals. Nope. Uh, any Anytime he did speak, it was, like, painfully awkward. Yeah. Uh, he is not, like, it is he's so got... clear that he is not the front man in any of the bands he's in. No, and it's also, he's got... <laughs> This is going to sound so shady. He's got big rhythm guitarist energy. <laughs> he seemed, I oh, don't man. know. Some people. Some parts he seemed like he was having a good time, and some parts he seemed like the kid that got called to the front of the room to read that didn't want to read. <laughs> there there would definitely be some very annoying people on like metalcore Twitter that would lose their shit over calling Jason Richardson a rhythm guitarist. <laughs> but um, I just don't care about that type of stuff much like no. i think i think it's interesting and fun but it's like eh. but it's also very funny to do it without a backing band because when it's all backing track it almost makes it like like i'm watching a youtube video yeah because i i don't know it, it's like okay but how much you know i'm just kind of trusting you that some of this isn't part of the backing track right you know well it wasn't because he hit a bunch of sour notes yeah. So, sorry, Jason Rit- Richardson. What is his name? Jason Richardson. Jason Richardson. I yeah. guess I'm just being a hater right yeah. now. But anyway, after him, so uh, I th- uh, just kind of assumed that it would be Baby Metal and then Death Clock. Mm-hmm. Um, but it turned out that they were uh, swapping back and forth. Yes. Each night. So Death Clock actually went up first. Which was... Um, it was interesting. It was, and also, there's one thing we forgot to mention. This is the most children outside of a Coheed show I've ever seen. So many adorable little girls. It was very Um, funny. We actually, our friend Paul was there. We didn't get a chance to stop and say hi with his daughter, and I waved at her, and I realized, because I was wearing a Can 95, and she hasn't seen me since, like, Christmas, like, 2021, maybe. (laughs) She's like, who is this weird adult waving at me? So, Paul, if you're listening, I'm sorry if I weirded her out. (laughs) Um. But the thing is, Death Clock does not censor anything, which is no. fine. But, like, if you're going to take your kid to a baby clock show that Death Clock is also going to be at, um, be prepared to cover their eyes for certain portions, yeah. specifically, like, Thunder Horse. <laughs> you fully get to see um, Sweet Scar's shaft yeah. <laughs> during a sex scene. and it's, it's, it's really funny. It really drives home how weird of a pairing uh, this tour was. It really like, was. Because, like, for context, like, when I saw them when I was 16 on the first Death Clock tour, they were touring with uh chimera and soylent green oh so like two very you know like chimera is kind of a thrashy metal core mm-hmm. band you know and then uh you know soylent green was more of a sludgy like death metal band yeah you know so like that made more sense and then like other death clock tours i can think of like i know they toured with lamb of god at one point they've toured with mastodon right yeah yeah they did a tour that was uh co-headlined it was Death Clock and Mastodon with High on Fire and Converge opening. That is an insane lineup. Yeah. So, like, so it, they typically, 
like part of the whole shtick is that Death Clock tours with like regular metal bands, like for right. lack of a better word. Right. You know, it's like a uh, baby metal still they're kind of like i think even i don't even think it's it's wrong to say that they're kind of a gimmick band yeah. i think even within idol culture they're a gimmick band yeah it's because they it's it's not like got, they, well when we say gimmick too we're not meaning it to be insulting like they actually have the substance to back them up their backing band is fucking incredible. They're, they're a gimmick like in in like wrestling terms they're a gimmick. yeah you know what i mean yeah. it's like a wrestling gimmick it's a little bit like cattle decapitation Right, but a little like, less so because, like, you know. <laughs> but like, even because, like, the whole, I because I remember when Baby Metal like debuted, the oh whole God, thing, yeah. like, it's it's not like they were metalheads no. that you know that like organically decided to form a band. They, you know, it was like a record label idea to right. be like, you know, to combine like cutesy, uh, cutesy J-pop with uh, metal like mm-hmm. deathcore. And like so, I don't think it's. I don't think it would be even controversial to call them a gimmick band. Like no, they are literally the definition of a gimmick. Band. Right. I think some people might have the reaction of, "Oh, that's insulting," but no, it's not. I think it's beautiful. And honestly, when we get down to it, Death Clock is a gimmick band. Yes, they are. That's what. Because that, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah. Is that like Death Clock doesn't normally tour with other gimmick bands. Right. You know, Death Clock doesn't tour with like Necrogoblicon. Or a- Alestorm. Alestorm. Like, that would be a crazy example. show, though. That it's would like, be a yeah. very fun crowd. You know, these are like, again, like not knocking gimmick bands. I obviously love a lot of gimmick bands. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, it's it, it was it was a really interesting vibe. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, because of that, it created this like weird kind of mishmash audience. Yeah. Of yeah. Because like, Death Clock has a reputation of like, yeah, they're a gimmick band, but you know they make like legitimately good death right, metal. Like, all... like Brendan Small makes good metal. Yeah, like most metalheads would agree <coughs> that even yeah. if it's not their style, they're a solid right. act. Yeah. So like when you go to Death Clock shows. They don't have the gimmick band audience, you, right? If that makes sense, yeah. Because a lot of gimmick bands will have the audience, you know, almost like, almost like with certain rappers having an audience. You're like, I don't normally like rap, but I like Tom. Yeah, you know, a lot yeah. of a lot of gimmick bands have that. Like, well, I don't normally like metal, but like Alestorm's really fun. You know right. what I mean? And for a lot of people, um. Death Clock was, it was my intro into right. death metal proper. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if it's really death metal proper, but at least I was in the zip code. Right. It's symphonic death metal. It is. When it, we really get down to it. it. It's that. It's also like melodic death metal. Yeah. You know. Yeah, melodic. I think that's the word I was yeah. looking for. But I mean, overall, they put on an incredible show. Yes. Baby Metal was absolutely incredible. It was so cute Um, for the Death Clock set. We were standing next to these like. They had to be like fourteen. The two girls that were next to me and the guy beside you was like the old grizzled-looking metalhead right. grandpa that was like monitoring them, and it was so funny because the girls are just like fangirling and squealing and oh my god, sweet scar! And the grandpa's just like banging his head like this is <laughs> yeah. actually like he actually looked impressed at various points like oh this is actually good metal. Yeah. The, ba- <laughs> the baby metal set was funny because like you can tell it's like interesting to watch um, an idol group essentially yeah because their shows are so rehearsed Mm -hmm. and so specific and then like like you can tell that they're kind of built for the audience to already be in on what's going on yes so there are certain like motions and gestures and stuff that like the vocalists will do where you can tell that they want you to do something but the audience doesn't like 
know that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know so, who did know that in that audience, though? Every single little girl I saw. Yeah. Every single little girl I saw was doing the hand motions. Right. Like, there was a lot of little girls up on, like, parental or, like, guardian shoulders and doing... The adults had no fucking clue what we were doing. Yeah. But, like, it was really funny because there was this one instance where um, uh, one of the, like... One of the people that were clearly here to see Death Clock uh was talking to a group of uh people that were clearly here to see baby metal yeah and um what the death clock guy was like oh do you know what a wall of death is mm-hmm. you know baby metal they do one at the end of their set and so like i overheard him saying that right so i was looking for it and it was like i was like okay you know we've got to be getting close to the last song i wonder when this wall of death is you know normally for like, if you've ever been to a metal show, the way a wall of death works, right? Uh, normally, the band will either not be playing or they'll start playing like a certain riff or something. And the the vocalist will tell the audience like, okay, I want you to split this thing down the middle. All yep. right. You know, all of you go over on this side. All of you go over on this side. I want, you know, a clean split. And then when this song kicks in, you know, we're all going to rush at each other. And like, that's how that works. Yeah. And um, so I was waiting for that, and there was a moment at what I came to realize was the last song for Baby Metal, where, like, you know, the vocalist did this thing where she uh, had her, her, like, hands in, like, a praying position and pointed straight forward. Yep. And then, you know, she separated them real quickly and turned around. And then about 10 seconds later or so, the song kicked in. Yep. And that's when it clicked with me that, like, that was supposed to be yep. the, the Wall of Death call out. Yep. And, like, because I, <laughs> I did notice a little bit, like, a very small section of people, like, split and then mosh. And I was like, oh, shit. And I was, like, kind of disappointed because I was like, oh, I wanted to, like, participate in this. Right. And I had no idea that right? that's what that was supposed to be. And it was also, like no time in between yeah so like that kind of surprised me because they're used to american metal crowds now they've toured with rob zombie they've toured with like motionless and white but yeah you can tell that that was really like like usually when they're performing for their audience they already know that's coming so they're probably already in position yes by the time that happens you know almost like when you go to a slipknot show and, you know, you get to the middle part of spit it out and everyone just instinctively, like, crouches down right. on the ground. Which is something that Baby Metal also tried to do. They did. And um, and it didn't, was... uh, didn't, didn't work that well. No. So it was really funny because they're like, everybody get low, get lower, get lower. Everyone in front of us is on the floor. And the lead singer of Baby Metal makes eye contact yeah. with me. And I'm just, like, pointing at my cane like, babe, it's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm here for you, but like these knees ain't what they used to be. Yeah, no, it was it was like kind of funny because, um, it was like this is the thing when you go to a metal show without a metal crowd. Yeah, where like they don't tend to like put forth the same kind of energy. So well, like when you watch like classic videos of Slipknot doing this this bit, yeah, you know they're kind of the they kind of started it right um uh you know the you know the the classic video from the disaster pieces dvd 
You know, it's like everyone's down on the ground and it's like this 10 minute ordeal. Right. Of like trying to get everyone to sit down. Right. You know, and then it finally kicks back in and then the entire crowd like jumps up in like unison and it looks so sick. Yeah. And then like at this one, it was basically like everyone kind of crouched down and then the song played and people just kind of like stood back up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, it was also, I think, hurt by the fact that this was Labor Day weekend in Atlanta, yeah, which is Dragon Con weekend. Right. That, that's kind of what I mean about, like, and I'm sure a lot of the audience was, uh, like, the Venn diagram of Dragon Con yes. and audience for this show. It was probably, like, 80%. Most yeah. of the people, like, by the way, shout out to the Scots. Um, we ran into them in the EP lounge with our friends Chris yeah. and Jeff, my friends from Scotland that I haven't gotten to see since, like, 2016. You know what it is? It, like, it did sort of feel like when you go to a musical performance at a convention. It kind of is. Well, and here's the thing you got to understand about Dragon Con. Most comic book conventions, fantasy conventions, fandom conventions run like Thursday at the earliest through Sunday. Right. People that go to Dragon Con get there Tuesday or Wednesday most of the time. (laughs) By this point, these people have already been doing like dozens of miles every couple hours walking around the fucking cramped convention halls. Right. So I think that was like, another facet of it this isn't it wasn't a typical show but i had a great experience no yeah no i loved it Mm -hmm. you know and like like i said it was a very very full circle moment for me because like you know that uh, like chimera at the first death clock show when i was like 15 like Mm -hmm. that was i think the first mosh pit i was ever in yeah you know so and now i get to see death clock you know uh what like 15 years later right uh on p- what i can only imagine is their last tour mm-hmm. uh, like you know i can't imagine adult swim's gonna let brendan keep doing this no but he'll long. definitely do like galacticon tours yeah for you know sure. we, we will we will see brendan small again yeah, my ho- dream would be galacticon with whatever project devin townsend's doing right now yeah hope yeah hopefully he uh he gets a big enough payday from this to, mm-hmm. to fund more galacticon stuff because I really, really like that second Galacticon album. It's really good. But yeah, honestly, if you have the opportunity to check this tour out, I think they've got like another couple weeks on it. Might be Mm -hmm. coming to a city near you. Definitely check it out. Yeah. And now for the part that I've been dreading since we pulled this fucking (laughs) album. Let's do it. Let's let's talk about the Lizzo lawsuit. So what do you know just offhand about the Lizzo lawsuit? So basically what it is is Lizzo's like dance team leader uh, is... Like, okay, there's there's a lot of layers. There's a lot of layers. The two main players in this, right, are Lizzo herself and the dance team. And the dance captain is um named Quigley, so we'll just call her Quigley. Yeah, Quigley and Lizzo, and they're kind of accused. They they're kind of accused of two separate things. Yes, and um, a lot like they've been kind of mashed together in a lot of these stories. Well, because it's under one lawsuit. Yeah, There's a lot is. of allegations. So basically, like, on Quigley's side, it's a lot of, like, unsafe work conditions and, like, body shaming and um, just uh, uh, general, like, harassment for weight and stuff. And then Lizzo, uh, on top of, like, just being an abusive boss on her own, has, like, like, the sexual harassment, I guess, alleg- yeah, allegations. Yeah, it, it's... Yeah, I, I couldn't think of the t- I, like. I'm not sure if harassment's the right word, but it wouldn't. It also wouldn't be assault. No, it's harassment. Yeah, it is harassment. So, all right, let's fucking dive into yeah, it. I'll, I'll, I'll let so, you take Quigley, over. 
the dance captain, she is featured heavily on Lizzo's Let's Hear It for the Big Girls, I believe, um, was weirdly Christian and also super horny. And when I say weirdly Christian, um, one of the claimants in the lawsuit um, named Davis, uh, she alleges, alleged, can I just say, thank God for the word allegedly in this yeah. episode. It is wrapping me up nice and tight like a warm hug. Nobody can sue me if I say allegedly. I mean, I don't know. I don't think any of our, uh, any of our. Uh, ni- 19 <laughs> listeners were going to bring a lawsuit. Going to rat me out to Lizzo. Yeah. Um, so Quigley was just very weird about Davis's virginity and would bring it up constantly. Mm-hmm. The day she counted, she brought it up 42 times. Yeah. Um, she was also very involved in pushing dancers to endear themselves to Lizzo. So that brings us to the sexual harassment allegations. And Lizzo herself was also... She did the thing no one, no boss should ever do. She decided her employees were her friends. But also she's their boss, so she gets to tell them how to have fun. Right. So they go to Amsterdam. She she really Michael Scotted the situation. She really did. Oh, my God. It's just that she's Michael Scott. Yeah. Okay. So wow. I I want to say too I believe these specifically this incident um, uh, we're just gonna get into one specifically I have no reason not to believe Lizzo, it it doesn't sound that like uh it, it like it doesn't sound that unbelievable coming from Lizzo you know it what really I mean? doesn't especially um we do have a bit of character evidence we're going to submit to our nineteen listeners for um, yeah. Because if you're sitting there getting mad at me because I'm talking about Lizzo, um, there's some things you should understand about her. And one of them is she is an abuser and she does not have an issue with other abusers. So let's talk about the banana bar incident. And um, I believe it was early 2021. She and her dancers were doing a show in Holland and Amsterdam. And previously, like before they left for the tour, she had been on a podcast back here in the States talking about banana bar, which is a bar. In Holland or in Amsterdam's red light district, where dancers do tricks with their hoo-hahs, including shooting ping balls balls out, shooting dildos out, and one specific act where they put a slightly unpeeled banana in their vagina and have patrons take a bite of it. Lizzo specifically said this is what she was looking forward to most. Yeah. And allegedly she forced her dance team to participate, yeah. including pushing a dildo into somebody's mouth well and also you don't need to um like you don't need to like believe the accuser in this situation either because uh lizzo talked about it yeah on like a a radio that's exactly what i was talking about i I mentioned that yeah 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 and um there's a lot of other stuff that's to to me the most egregious she also made them participate in a nude photo shoot and anyone that wouldn't do it was kicked off the show because like the show was their first audition and then at the end of the holland tour lizzo seemed pretty mad at everybody and she and quigley decided everyone had to re-audition again they did a 12-hour unpaid audition day where one person soiled themselves because they were getting screamed at so much for trying to take breaks and it was just a really rough environment so there's a lot more but there's really only one thing you need to hear and it's from lizzo's mouth herself do you want to pull up that clip for us yeah hey remember that time that she got like a like a uber each driver fired yes and like yeah them? that was yeah so i think that was like 2019 okay hold on okay oh, sorry. there we go sorry i <laughs> that probably just blew out everyone's ears oh no sorry about that <laughs> all right here's the video clip yeah which 
I'm submitting as character evidence, and you'll see why. Yeah, do you want to set it up? Because it might be, I don't know. If, yeah, I'll just go ahead and set it up. If she, if, um, she, if she says what's going on in the video or not. This is Lizzo meeting Chris Brown at the airport. Chris Brown, who beat the shit out of Rihanna and multiple other women over the years, who somehow still has a fucking career. Yeah, and I hope he dies in a plane crash. I hope, you know what, honestly, just put all the shitty men on a plane. Yeah. Throw it in the ocean. Yeah. But especially Chris Brown. So um, this is going to be hard to hear for some folks. So this is straight out of the horse's mouth. Yeah. Oh. No, I'm playing back in a picture with you. She told Chris Brown that he was her favorite person in the whole wide yeah. world and i just gotta say i was someone that was fully on the like lizzo is amazing lizzo is a good person lizzo is a wonderful person but ultimately yeah. she is a deeply flawed human being just like the rest of us she's made a lot more egregious choices than most of the rest of us oh yeah but a lot of people were very quick to dismiss everything against her because they feel like she is this representative of the body positivity movement and there's better there's better people out there to be the figurehead for this God, i cannot wait for her um her like cancel culture turn um oh god <laughs> i can't wait for her cancel culture song Ugh. all right well with all that out of the way I'm yeah emotionally let's talk exhausted. about the album let's talk about the album so because i love you is the third studio album and major label debut studio album by american rapper and singer lizzo it was released through Nice Life and Atlantic Records on April 19th, 2019. The album features guest appearance. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but we will actually be reviewing the deluxe version of the album that was released on May 3rd, right. 2019. Because that's the one we actually own. Right, yes. Um, but also, it's almost pointless to make the distinction between the main album and the deluxe album. They came out less than a month apart. Yep. And there's there, it's a difference of three songs, at least one of them. Maybe all three of them were released in uh, 2017 originally. Yeah, because Truth As, Hurts, Lizzo's biggest single, came out in like 2017, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was released in 2017, uh, but didn't get traction until it was re-released as a single for this in 2019. And that's when it blew up on TikTok. And that's really what blew Lizzo up, mm -hmm. as big as she is now. Yep. Um. But also, like, Boys was, like, a sleeper hit. That's right, yeah. Uh, when well, it, was it was originally a, released. It was one of the first big TikTok hits in 2020 because people right. would edit, at like, big boys, itty-bitty boys, you know, right. with, like, butterflies or cats or yeah. caterpillars, you know. You can tell what side of TikTok I'm on. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, before this, uh, Lizzo was, like, a relatively underground uh, Minnesota rapper. Um like, I went back and found out that, like, uh, Lizzo in 2016, Lizzo was on one of my favorite albums, uh, Chill Dummy by P.O.S. Really? Yeah. And I don't even know where she is. I think she does, like, background vocals on the final I song. wonder if she does flute somewhere N May behind. No, because it's, like, a really, really noisy song. There's oh, no... Okay. There's nothing like, melodic there. <laughs> That's um, one thing we can say for Lizzo, despite her many flaws. She's an incredible yeah. flautist. Well, it, it's annoying because the song, it's called um, 
sleep, sleeper drone slash super position. Gotcha. And it's like an eight minute song that mm-hmm. features a ton of people. Gotcha. On it, and then and uh, like after this blew up, I was like listening to that album again because I do that a lot. It's a really good album. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just happened to notice that one of the names on that list was Lizzo, and I was like. Oh, yeah. Like, P.O.S. is also from Minnesota. Yeah. Like, they probably know each other. Yeah, it's funny because, like... Like, from the Minnesota rap scene. Yeah, because Minnesota's a massive state, but I would imagine the rap scene's probably pretty close. Yeah. You know, there's only two or three major cities where you're going to get, like, a lot of venues for smaller performers. Well, and and that's also, um... Like, I think Rhymesayers is based out of of Minnesota. I think that's where Dessa's from. Right. Mm -hmm. So, like, they've got... Like their own rap scene, yeah, their own like indie rap scene going Good on. Good for out Minnesota, there. and it's like it like kind of defines like current, you know, quote unquote like underground indie rap is like that kind of yeah, uh, rhyme, midwestern rhyme people. Sayer, yeah, rhyme sayers mm-hmm. Midwest rap. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, I guess I was just. I thought it was interesting that it like, is. Well, she's been around. She's been around for a while. Yes, before well, this blew up. And there's a lot of, in light of the lawsuit, there's a lot of allegations that she's an industry plant. And I can see where, if you just look at like the flat, like 2D image of where she is now, mm-hmm. you could be cynical enough to be like, yeah, record label founder, really talented fat woman to be the face of the right. body positivity movement. But no, it was genuinely organic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she her, put in her time. Yeah, her career is too long for her to be an industry plant. Yeah, like they either would have given up on her like in yeah. 2017. Yeah, her first album came out in 2014. So wild. Um, I like this album cover. I do too. Sunglasses and bail money is a hell of a T-shirt. Yeah, it reminds me of a uh, like a um, like a Missy Elliott. It does. Who's who's actually on this album? She is in one of my favorite tracks on this album. Oh, yeah. Uh, genre tags. Yes. Uh, pop, hip hop, and R&B. Yeah. See, like, See, this I'm is where a, I get, because, like. I would throw soul and blues in there, too. I feel like this was nominated for, like, an R&B Grammy. When this is a pop album, it's it, influenced by a lot of things, but this is pop. It was. Let me look. I know it was nominated for album of the year. Um, Let's see here. Grammys. Best Urban Contemporary Album. And it won. <sighs> I mean, I'm glad it won for that. But like Urban Contemporary, it's yeah. basically just you make pop music, but we won't give the pop Grammy yeah, to a exactly. black person. Like yeah. the Grammys are incredibly racist, but it's like easiest to see. I feel like it's always with so, this album with Lizzo. It's always so funny when um, these institutions get criticized for not including enough black people. And then their fix for that is just create a new category for black people instead right. of just nominating them for the other awards. Like it's it's so fucking easy. You, know, you just t- listen to the music, determine its genre that way, and then put yeah. it in that category. I mean, Tyler the Creator talked about that when he won the Grammy for Best Hip Hop Album for Igor, which is an album that has two rap songs on it. Yeah. He you know, he talked about that. He's like, this should have been nominated for pop. It should have been nominated for pop or just straight album of the year. Yeah. But anyway, let's yeah. t- let's uh, get into the opening track on this album, Because uh, I Love You. I'm crying because I love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That 
never been in love before. What the feelings, yo? Once upon a time, I was a hoe. I don't even want a hoe no more. Got you something from the liquor store. Little bit of Lizzo and some more. Trying to open up a little more. Sorry if my heart a little slow. We got the clean version of yeah, that track. Yeah, don't worry. We'll fix it moving forward. But uh, yeah, now that we got all of the reasons to dislike Lizzo out of the way. Let's be nice to Lizzo now. Let's, uh, <laughs> you know, now that everyone who actually likes Lizzo has turned this show off, I can now say that uh, this is a great song. This is an excellent <laughs> opener. Also, like... You don't know this. I listened to this on repeat when we first started dating. Yeah. I was freaking out because I was so in love with you so fast. And I like I would cry just randomly. Yeah. And so this got like a lot of heavy play because I was crying because oh I love you. Aww. Yeah. This this song is the reason, like the sole reason that I actually wanted to buy this album. On yeah. Because it reminds me of like uh, Janis Joplin. It does. That's why I think blues... You know, like blues or soul should be in the genre. I agree. Here, Maybe neo soul. Yeah, but I mean, this is like this isn't really neo. Like this that's is true. That's um, kind of straight. Yeah. traditional soul. Like the right like there. that. That's basically um, uh, 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 crybaby. Yeah. By by uh, by Janis Joplin. I don't know why my brain just shorted out for a it second. It is okay. Um, but yeah. And which is ironic because Lizzo also has a song called Crybaby on this album. She does. And it's another great song. Which I think, like, honestly, that song, I think, is a more explicit homage to Janis Joplin. Yes. Like, I almost think Cause I Love You was a little bit accidental. It kind of does. So um, you're kind of right. Lizzo calls this her favorite song. Um, Which is fair. It it is the best Lizzo song. She says, apparently it was written in just 10 minutes with the assistance of rock band ex-ambassadors. Oh, yeah, I remember them. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. They, they really disappeared, after, like, quickly. They did. This track I love because it really showcases her breath control. Yeah. Which, I mean, you would have to learn to play a woodwind, and you really should learn to sing like this. Right. And it just all comes together so beautifully on that chorus. Like, oh, I love this song. Yeah, her voice is so strong on this mm-hmm. uh, on this song. This is, like, my main criticism of Lizzo's uh most recent album is that there's yeah, nothing like this on there's it. not and it was so disappointing yeah. it was just kind of samey every song was yeah. um about damn time right and i get it because like because i love you wasn't a major single the way no. like several other songs on this album were so i get that but like ugh, lizzo when if you're listening i know you're not listening because <laughs> you probably turned the podcast off already. please please more of this I, yeah. I beg you this is so good this hits my brain like a bite of ice cream on the hottest day of the year yeah like it's just ah uh, it's so good <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a great it's a great opener, mm-hmm. and uh, that'll lead us into our second song, 
the the type of song that Lizzo is mo- more well known for, I would say. What did you call that kind of pop the other day? Planet Fitness pop? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Let's get into our first Planet Fitness pop yeah. song of the album. Switching up the messaging. I'm about to add a little estrogen. Buy my whip, buy myself. Pay my rent, buy myself. Only exes that I care about are in my fucking chromosomes. I don't really need you. I'm a collie cocking home alone. Bad bitch, diamonds in my collarbone. Yeah, yeah. Buy my whip, buy myself. Pay my rent, buy myself. Sugar spice, and I'm a nice. Show me what you made of. Crazy, sexy, cool, baby, with or without makeup. Got nothing to straight up like hillary clinton campaign ad it really uh, is i will say though i will take this kind of like this is my fight song i will take this over <laughs> this is my fight song any I mean, fucking this is day a, of the week i don't know maybe no but you, i'm specifically talking about like the mormon girl pop this yeah. is my fight song take back my like, I, if i hear that song one more time like my eyes are just gonna I melt know. out of my skull the, like when i listen to this song the only thing i can think of is that um that scene from parks and rec yeah <laughs> when, when, when leslie is uh running for like city council or whatever yeah this is specifically and, for leslie nope. and, and they do <laughs> and she's like She's giving her like campaign speech on in like the ice rink because they didn't melt the ice in time or they had a hockey game that night or something yeah. like that. And so they're just like having to walk super carefully over this ice while uh, that song like, get on your feet, yep. get up and make things happen. And they're just like sliding all over the ice. And, and they just have to over. keep restarting because they only have like a 10 second clip of this song. Oh my that's God. That's what I think of when I hear this song. Is, Honestly, is that's fair. Le- Leslie Nope trying to give a campaign speech. <laughs> Completely fair. <laughs> Completely. Well, and like, I think the things I like least about these types of songs that Lizzo puts out is there's mm. no effort. Yeah, it's just she's like, not doing anything interesting with her voice. Yeah, it's just the most generic like girl boss yeah. empowerment pop anthem. This and could like, go on any rom com of the last like ten years. Yeah, like on its soundtrack and be the song in the movie and fit right in. Yeah, th- and and this is basically what every single song on her new album. Yes, so- it is except yep. for except for that one song that's basically about how if you're in a shitty relationship you should just stick it out because quitting is for losers. God damn it, Lizzo. Yeah. It's so funny because I, like, we didn't, like, talk about our, like, history with the album or, or anything like that. But, like, when this album came out, I loved this album. Yeah. Like, I really, like, I mean, there's maybe, I think, three songs, three or four songs on here like this that I that I don't like. But, right. like, for the most part, uh, you know, like, this run of, like, Juice 
and then I, I think Soulmate's the one I another one of these empowerment anthems I don't really like. But like Jerome and Crybaby, like, tempo tempo is a good excellent. Sa- like like I really really like this album, and then so I was excited for her like newer album and then i listened to it and it was like so disappointing i know i'm really hoping like her (laughs) next album i hope she makes a new soul album yeah i hope i i mean honestly i hope she makes more of the like r&b stuff like on jerome or um she started as a rapper i would love for her to just drop a full rap album where she does not sing at all yeah that'd be cool too you know i'm i just want her to (sighs) I want another album like this that's cool and yeah. different and it's not like what everybody else is putting out right now. And I think that was the letdown for the last album for me is it's it's just what everyone's putting out right now. I had the same yeah. feeling about the last Charlie XCX album. Yeah. You know, like yeah, I was that just was like, that was also a pretty disappointing. I'm album. not mad, I'm just disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, let's move on to um unironically one of the best pop songs of the last decade. Absolutely. This is right up there with yeah. Ringtone Remix yeah. for me. Here's a Juice. of a pop song like this could have been released in 1960 1970 yeah. 1980 today it's just <laughs> all the hits of the 80s 90s <laughs> no but like it really does it's got that like yeah. kind of classic almost motown-esque song it, yeah it's got a lot of synths a lot of 80s production but there's like you know i like i love the kind of rasp in her voice in this song i like the spoken word bits you know? too yeah the, her, her her like tone is so mm-hmm. good in this song you can hear her smiling. Yeah. And that is the one thing I will say about all her kind of samey body positive yeah. tracks is like, she's selling it. Right. She's believing it. Like, this is up there. There's a few of these kind of like retro throwback uh, big hit pop songs from the last few years. Mm-hmm. That Bruno Mars had the corner on the market for I a while. I was about to say that have like been overplayed, but um, I still really like, you know, mm-hmm. Get Lucky yeah. is a great example. Uh, like you said, that that Bruno Mars uh, song, the one, the first one, Uptown Funk. Yeah. Like I'm, like Uptown Funk is just a great song. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of in that Uptown Funk yeah. like, realm for me. Definitely. And I wish, because this wasn't like a huge hit. This didn't really, this didn't even enter the Billboard charts until after Truth Hurts. Which is wild be- to me. became a big hit. 
because of the two, I prefer juice. Yeah, me too. And um, that's that's what I'm saying. I think general audiences are wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think juice is Lizzo's crowning achievement in yep. pop music. Yep. Um, I don't know. I, I just really. Can I, we just get a whole concept album based on this one song? It can even right. be the, t- the title track. I don't care. I just. Juicy Lizzo, please. I see that's the thing. I feel like on her new album, she was shooting for more songs like Juice. None of them are this fun. Yeah, but what we got was songs like Like a Girl. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I, I think this is what she wanted to do, but it just didn't hit. There's like, there's a, there's a lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Uh, uh, like element to Juice. For sure. Similar to Redbone on the Challenge Cambino album. That's a really good point. You know? Yeah. Where, like, no other... Like, that's another, like, seemingly timeless kind of throwback song that is a lightning in the bottle. I Like, as much as I love the rest of that album, you know, you go back and listen to that episode. But uh, that song really, really stands out mm-hmm. in a way, in the same way that I feel like Juice stands out on this album. Definitely. Definitely. <clears throat> Uh, but yeah, let's, let's keep it rolling. Let's move on to some more girl boss empowerment. Yep. Let's let's do soulmate. True story. <laughs> no glory. Let's go. Yeah, the old me used to love a Gemini, like a threesome, fucking with them every night. A lot of two-faced people show me both sides, so I figured out I gotta be my own type. They used to say to get a man, you had to know how to look. They used to say to keep a man, you had to know how to cook. But I'm solo and solo sipping soju with Malibu. like this song i like soulmate although it is given light of recent events i do find it very funny that she said a lot of two-faced people show me both sides so i gotta figure out how to be my own type girl dude i was girl i went went to her um wikipedia article because i was trying to figure out what how old she is yeah because uh it's always so funny to me when people that are in their 30s talk about like two-faced people and fake friends and stuff it's like bitch you're 31 yeah Fucking, it's, it's time to if like, you're still focused on this i got i got bad yeah. news for you babe but uh <laughs> man i just want to say whoever uh edits the lizzo wikipedia article like really did her dirty on her uh, main main it doesn't look like here. her at all it's, a, it's, it's an a very insane. strange face it's a green wig that is not working <laughs> for her that i've never seen it's like an insane angle like like kind of like upward facing angle it looks like, like it's taken at a music festival it is, oh, glastonbury festival 2023 yeah. it's just hateful whoever did that shame on you she yeah. didn't deserve that and she deserved to be sued but it's funny because you go you scroll down and like there are 
for each like section of her Wikipedia article, there's more pictures of her, and like every other photo, she looks good. Yeah, she looks phenomenal yeah. in every single other shot. So like, yeah, that's it, a hater move. That's what I'm saying. Like that's <laughs> that's an intentional. Yeah, like, oh, that's like, really funny. Like, someone did that on purpose, especially because like she is photogenic. There are millions yeah. of good photos of that's Lizzo what I'm on saying. the internet. She looks, that is wild. She looks great in all these other pictures. And yeah, then, and, and a lot then, of them are like candids from like 2007. So, <laughs> like or at least a couple of them are or 2014. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. But anyway, sorry not to sidetrack. Um, soulmate is fine. I don't. I just don't like the chorus. I feel like the chorus feels super disconnected, and you know, it just feels like another you know, uh, like Walgreens. Yes. Like, I, like, like, I feel like I'm grocery shopping when I hear this. Song. No, yeah. It's a very, there's, I, there's this intangible quality that some choruses of pop music have that just immediately in my brain, whether I've seen it on a commercial or not, I'm like, Oh, this could be on an Oreo. Yeah, ad. Yeah. You know, this could be on a special K ad. This could be on a Pepsi ad. It's, you know what I mean? It's, um, it's, it's the Dr. Luke sound. It's the Dr. Luke sound. I don't know. Which, by the way, I haven't said it in a while. Fuck Dr. Luke and anyone that says he's not a predator. I <coughs> Kim Petras. I don't think Dr. Luke is involved in this album. No, but I don't either. It, it's, it's, but it's that vibe. Yeah. It's that sound. Yep. Uh, no, he's not, by the way. <laughs> Dr. Luke was not involved in the making good, of this album. Good, good. Fuck Dr. Luke. Yeah. I can say that fully with my full chest. But but it, <laughs> it, it, it you know, Dr. Luke has a very particular pop music sound. And that, it has dominated the American, right. like, advertisement industry for yeah, a very be- long time now. Because it's the most sanitized, inoffensive. Right. It's like it was developed yeah. in a lab yeah. to like make people buy chips right. or and hair that's, ties And that's what this sounds like to me. Definitely. Fortunately, we pick it back up on the next track. Yes. Uh, Jerome... Album of slow jams like 
like this where she does yeah. interesting vocal performance. I would be so happy with that for the next Lizzo album. Yeah, I love this song, actually. I think this is one of her best songs. Yeah. Um, I like her vocal performance in this song is so good. It sounds so pained. Mm -hmm. Like she's really selling it. She really is. And I love like her not taking a breath until she gets to the chorus. Like it all just feels like one. And it just kind of keeps getting more and more intense until it gets to that chorus. And like that particular um, melody circles back to Cause I Love You. Yeah. So it's like she's finally telling the guy from Cause I Love You to fuck off. And I do like what she had to say about this. Um, Like her more intimate singles like Jerome and Lingerie. Lizzo told Exclaim... Big women are pursued for relationships. Big women deal with fuckboys. Big women are beautiful and loving creatures, and it's just not talked about because it's not the story the mainstream media chooses to tell. I'm not creating a fantasy. If it's shocking, it's because that story isn't told, and that's often because big women aren't even involved to tell their own stories. Mm. I just happen to be in the room. I have a platform, and I'm telling the story. I'm not going to shy away from it. I'm not embarrassed. This is who I am. You know, her standard. Um, Right. It's so funny because, like, sometimes when I was single for a little bit, People were shocked when I told them, like, yeah, I do have guys, like, sliding in my DMs. Yeah, of course. I'm like, guys, I'm fat. That doesn't mean I'm not hot. Right. Especially not on Instagram. Are you yeah. kidding? Instagram thinks I'm, like, gorgeous. Flawless. <laughs> no, not really. But it's, like, there is something to that. Like, right. she does have a point here. It's, like, I mean, people were shocked that I, like, had a date so soon. Like, yeah. Like, shitty people. Like, Right, of course. You know. But, like... I don't know. There is a certain power of, especially like black larger women get yeah. the. Sh- I mean, black women get the shit end of the stick no matter what you're dealing yeah. with. If you're disabled, if you're trans, They're if right. you're like, if you're fat. They're really at the at the bottom of the totem pole. Of well, it's society. more like they have extra lines on the you crosshairs yeah, with that, which society yeah. charges. You know. That's what I mean. There, there's a there's a term for it. I can't remember what it is. It's. <sighs> It's almost like stacking defunct, yeah. de- or, um, debunks, debuffs, debuffs. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's not because of anything they're doing. It's just because society fucking sucks, <laughs> and it really fucking sucks for black women. And so that's my spiel. Yo, yo, when when a tweet gets a community notes, and then you quote tweet that tweet, and then that tweet gets a community notes, that's stacking debunks. <laughs> that's stacking debunks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Anyway, let's, let's get into some crybaby. Oh, yeah, oh. no, I think I was done. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I just really like this song. I, think I do too. I think it's, it's a good a really song. Good, it's a it's a very very well crafted song. It is. You the know? production on this album is exquisite and the, it's varied. Yeah, this song was just produced by X Ambassadors. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, the band. If you don't remember, I can't remember what their big song was, but they were basically they kind of came up at the same time that um. Uh, jungle jungle and renegades were like they're too big yeah songs. oh my god renegades that was the first big tiktok dance the yeah. renegade dance. yeah and uh they were basically it was basically an arms race between them and imagine dragons yeah and imagine dragons won they did they, they're kind of the same band but uh imagine dragons just just managed to get popular first yeah you know? i don't think the imagine dragons guy could pull together production like this I don't know. I mean... I would need to see what he could do with some soulful stuff and not just, like, white guy talk singing. That's the thing. Like, I just don't like his voice. I just... uh, But, like... 
I don't know. He, he, they could probably pull off. They are like they are a band. I genuinely would love for them to do anything other than truck commercial music. Yeah, for Just sure. Something interesting. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> let's move on uh, to Crybaby. performance yeah. on this track it's really funny how this isn't one of the ones with the ex-ambassadors uh 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 credit on it yeah because it flows so well i would have thought that they did production on this one too but they definitely don't yeah the like personnel that worked on this album yeah is it's insane. an insane list this um, looks like a beyonce album <laughs> yeah it's crazy but uh yeah no i like i mentioned earlier this is like a pretty obvious homage to janice joplin yes janice joplin also has a massive song called cry baby that has a similar structure to this mm-hmm. song but i like that it's different yeah yeah it's, it's, it's definitely an homage not... And not what's that it's an homage and not it's not a cover yes thank yeah. you i was looking for that word <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i think i think it's really good i you know i think uh this type of music just really really suits lizzo's voice you know i think she has the perfect like rasp yes and the control yeah oh god yeah that's what i'm saying like i wish i wish she focused more on music like this like this is the type of music that made me buy this album in the first place definitely so this is definitely like random trash grab thoughts from my head yeah you know who would be great for the next inevitable big like phantom of the opera revival to play christine what unironically lizzo Lizzo yeah. could hit every single one of those notes better than almost any other celebrity of her caliber other than somebody like, well, no, Celine Dion can't even do that anymore. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Ariana Grande, I guess. Yeah, but she's going to be Glinda. She's getting her fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that's I do true. think she's the perfect Glinda. Yeah. You know, <laughs> for the Wicked movie. Yeah, that's fair. Is yeah. she, wait, is she actually? Yeah, no, she's actually cast as oh, um, I didn't know that. as Glinda, or Glinda at the beginning of the play. Who's cast as uh, the the Wicked? Elphaba? I am unsure. Elphaba? Wait, her name is Elphaba? You didn't know that the Wicked Witch of the West's oh, name was Elphaba? Sorry, I don't. How dare you? We are breaking <laughs> sorry, up right now. Know. Take the ring back. How sorry, I don't dare know you. Wizard of Oz lore. How dare you? <laughs> 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 oh man um, well, <laughs> i don't any- know how to segue <laughs> yeah anyway uh let's move on to tempo one of the like lesser singles but kind of known single because of euphoria and we'll talk about it this is mm-hmm. tempo featuring missy elliott i've been waiting for this one turn it up 
Slow songs, they for skinny hoes. Can't move all of this here to one of those. I'm a thick bitch, I need tempo. tempo. Fuck it up to the tempo. Pity pat, pity pat, pity pity pat. Look at my ass, it's fitty fitty fat. Kitty cat, kitty cat, kitty kitty cat. Pour me a glass, boy, I like my water wet. Throw it back. Throw it back. Catch that. A jack for all of this ass, but it won't go flat. Baby, baby, come eat some of this cake. He look like he could gain a little weight. Lick the icing off, put the rest in your face. Slow songs, they for skinny hoes. Can't move all of this here to one of those. I'm a thick bitch. I need one of my favorite go. songs from Euphoria. Yeah, this is this is a great uh scene in Euphoria. It's the when when Cat is like scamming scamming dudes on the yeah, on the, on the webcam. Yep, yep. Well, is she scamming them, or are they just like? Yeah, I guess. So. Yeah, it's not really a scam if they're technically getting what they paid for. I yeah, guess. like they're getting yelled at by her. She becomes yeah. like a financial dominatrix for like a minute. Yeah, weird show. <laughs> weird show. Weird show about fifteen-year-olds yeah, getting in fir- way over their heads. First, first season, uh, really good. Second season goes off the rails real hard <laughs> yeah but anyway uh I, yeah i like this song i like lizzo's personality on it my, definitely my main gripe is i wish missy had a much had a much longer verse honestly yes she, she's on the song for like for like 15 seconds it feels like it re- and it's <sighs> she's barely on this thing i had this issue with um the most recent gorillas album because stevie yeah. nicks is the guest vocal on oil and she really is a guest because she's just in the background. Right. Like, she's only doing backing vocals. And I feel the same way about tempo. It's like, it's so good, but I kind of want like a Missy Elliott edit. Yeah. You know, or a remix where it's mostly like Missy's song and then Lizzo does like the chorus. I mean, even if it was just a longer verse, if it was like a, if it was like a, a true, like a solid 16 or something, like I'd yeah. be happy with that. That's true. Um, I don't, you know what? You can't have too much Missy Elliott or Stevie Nicks. I'm going to say it. I'm going to be controversial yeah. and brave. Well, and also Missy Elliott. You know, it's not like she's putting albums out. No. Yeah, we're not. We, we don't get a lot of Missy Elliott these days. That's what I want the next Lizzo posse cut to be. I want her to get like Missy Elliott and Lil Kim and just a bunch of like classic femme rappers from the fun. '90s and just put together a giant ass posse yeah. cut album. That yeah. and the Snoop Dogg's nibblings <laughs> uh, posse cut with all his various nieces and nephews that are in the rap scene. Yeah. I will be waiting forever. I think, but it's a fun thought. Yeah. Liz- Lizzo, Missy Elliott, and Queen Latifah. Yep. All, all on one album. Um, but yeah, that's tempo. Yep. It's a, it's a good pop rap song. It is. It's very fun. Has, it's a good party song. It has more producers listed than any other song on this album, despite it having one of the more minimalist mm-hmm. instrumentals, which is pretty funny. But that brings us to the album. We're halfway through, or to the record, rather. We're halfway through. I don't have it in front of me. But I can tell you off the top of my head because it's fairly basic. Yeah, it's just the standard deluxe yeah. edition, right? So basically what is, I do not think the regular version of this album without the last three songs, I don't think that exists on vinyl. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure what I have is the most standard vinyl because uh, I got it from Amazon for like $8. Um because uh, there's a really really good subreddit. If you're like new to collecting vinyl, or you just want and you just want to like build your collection for cheap, there's a great subreddit called R slash Vinyl Deals. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, like people do make regular posts in there, but 
for the most part, the subreddit is just kind of a, a bot that someone set up yeah. that will automatically ping when albums reach like their lowest, like it tracks album sales. Right. And it like it automatically posts like, you know, uh, this album just dropped in price, mm-hmm. you know, on Amazon. This album just dropped in price on Walmart.com. Nice. You know, shit like that. So like I like to scroll through there and I'll, I'll pick up albums for cheap. You know, from their albums that like, you know, like this, where <clears throat> this isn't an album that I'm going to go to a record store and pay 30 bucks for. No. But if I can pick it up for eight bucks on Amazon. Yeah. Hell yeah. Like, I'll, th- I'll throw this in the collection. I like more than half of the songs on this album. Well, that's one thing I love about our record collection is it is so varied. Yeah. <laughs> um, but- that someday when, like, Lexi's older, like, when our niece is older, she can be like, oh, yeah, I really like this old artist, Lizzo. Right. And, like... <laughs> You know, if yeah. Lexi ever gets into Lizzo, we do have the best Lizzo album so right. far on and, vinyl, and that's special to me. And uh, but yeah, it's a it's a pretty standard like single sleeve, ninety gram black pressing. Yeah, you know the normal uh, Lizzo nude Lizzo album cover. Yep, yeah. she looks great. Every everyone knows this album cover. Uh, you know, track lists on the back and all that. I will say, in contrast to the childish gambino album we reviewed on the last episode uh that was like a 60 dollar box set right this eight dollar album from amazon sounds way cleaner it does it's a really good pressing it sounds really good Mm -hmm. so uh there's there's that i definitely feel like i got my eight bucks oh for sure for sure um but yeah that's it it's not not a lot to talk about with the vinyl we can move on to the only other feature on this album, which is exactly how I feel, featuring Gucci Mane. I always forget he's on this track. That's exactly how I feel. That's exactly how I feel. That's exactly how I feel. I woke up this morning, wrong side of the bed. I don't have to explain it. I'm not going to play the Gucci Mane verse, but I did want to get his little drop in there. Um, yeah, this is the shortest song. No, it's not. Never mind. The next song is the shortest song. But this song is only two minutes and 23 seconds long. Wow, it's almost a grindcore song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, I don't know. It feels like Lizzo wanted to get Gucci Mane on a song. And the song is kind of built around that. But Gucci Mane also feels very awkward on this song. Yeah. Because if you don't know, Gucci Mane is... Uh, Similar to Snoop Dogg in the way that he'll just kind of show up, yeah, for anything. Yep. Like the dude, the dude just wants money. Yeah. You know, like we didn't talk about this with the Oliver Anthony thing, but uh, you know, you see all those posts about how Oliver Anthony turned down an eight million dollar record deal. Yeah. That eight million dollar record deal was coming from Gucci Mane. 
That is so funny. Gucci Mane was the one trying to sign Oliver Anthony. Oh, my God. <laughs> Buddy, I got bad news for you. This is not a man you want in your office building. Yeah. He's the exact, like, family killer slash office annihilator demographic. Not a great hire. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think the song's like, fine. I don't, yeah. I don't love the chorus. It's one of the weaker but... ones on this album, but it's still pretty good. Yeah. Or one of the weaker ones on this album for me. Another, I'm not the be-all, end-all authority on music. <laughs> it's another, like, you know, uh, aerobics core, you know? <laughs> aerobics core. Yep. Yeah, this, this is what they play during your, like, Tybo class or something. Yep. I don't know. I don't go to the gym. Jazzercise. Yeah, Jazzercise. Apparently that um one BB No Money song, Edamami, yeah. is really popular in the Jazzercise community, and I don't know why that's so funny to me. That it, that it's, it is really funny. I like that song. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good a, song. It's a fun song. Um, but yeah, let's, let's just keep this train rolling to Better in Color. first pansexual anthem yeah okay i don't know is, if it's the very it first is? but lizzo is canonically pansexual canonically i would say canonically <laughs> because like i don't know how much of her real personality she's like let out yeah you know what i mean but like yeah no it's she just likes everybody yeah good for her yeah this is pride core this, it, this is fine yeah. this, this is the shortest song on the album it kind of feels like filler yeah like it almost feels like half a song Right. That they were like, uh, just throw it out there. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I don't really have a lot to say about this one. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's fine. It's an empowerment jam. You know, yeah. it's, it's, um, the song that plays when you're lining up for the pride parade behind like the marching drag queens. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. a fun, it's a fun little ditty. Yeah. That the, you know, the sponsored by Bank of America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is sponsored, yeah, <coughs> sponsored by Bank of America and Monsanto Pride right, Parade. Right, <laughs> You know, it's wild. Um, our Pride here in Greenville, Upstate Pride, is actually funded by First Baptist Church of Greenville. Oh, that's funny. It is very cool. Like, I'm yeah. like, good for them. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, let's, let's move on to uh, Heaven Help Me. Say whoa, baby, I'm a classic. Say whoa, sign like a Hitchcock. Say whoa, got you going psycho. Oh no, don't you get your shit right. Say whoa, catch up with the TikTok. Say whoa, time's up on these motherfuckers. Say whoa, what you say, what you say, sucker. Say whoa. Have you think you got me ticked 
The song is fine. I always kind of just mash this song and Better in Color together. Yeah, that's fair. But uh, no, the, this song's fun. I, yeah. like, I like the energy of the song. I like the piano. I like the vocal performance yeah. again. It's because she's being really interesting with her voice on this. Right. Yeah, it's not It's not really breaking the mold too much on this album, but it's definitely like, you know, it's, it's a pretty good album cut. It is. You know what I mean? And interestingly, so um, there's Genius Annotations. It's a direct quote from Lizzo to Apple Music about this song. Oh, yes. When I made the album, I thought, if Aretha Franklin made a rap album, what would it sound like? Okay. Heaven Help Me is the most Aretha to me, which I completely agree. That piano, she would have smashed that. The song is about a person who's confident and does a good job of self-care, a.k.a. me, but (laughs) who has a moment of being pissed the fuck off and goes back to their defensive ways. It's a journey through the full spectrum of my romantic emotions. It starts out like, I'm too cute for you, boo. Get the fuck away from me to what's wrong with me? Why do I drive boys away in the finally vulnerably like i'm crying and i've been thinking about you i always say if anyone wants to date me they just gotta listen to the song and they know what they're getting into that's fair yeah i think actually uh, you know aretha franklin but rap is like a good way to describe Lizzo. i think especially on this album Mm -hmm. like maybe you know if, if if we're thinking about this album in a bubble right right aretha franklin rap album is like a good description of it, I think. It is. Yeah. It is. Especially like the popier songs. Like yeah. Do I want Lizzo to put out a gospel album? Yeah, that's like a traditional like She would have honestly, so Killer Mike put out um an album that's just called Michael mm-hmm. this year and it, and it's it's pretty good. But uh, most of the um most of the instrumentals are like really gospel inspired because he was really, really going for a southern, right? Like because uh, he grew up, yeah, like, yeah, Southern he, Baptist with a cop dad. Right? Yeah, he said yeah. that he wanted the album to sound like Atlanta, mm-hmm. right? And um, I think Lizzo would have, like Lizzo would have sounded really good on that album actually. for sure. Lizzo should have put down like a hook or something, right? On, on the Killer Mike, because she's got like a voice that is just, I mean, it's yeah. powerhouse period, but especially for like traditional southern gospel oh, music. Yeah. Yeah, she would kill it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's move on to what is technically the last song on the main album before we get to bonus tracks. So wild to me because I've only ever listened to the deluxe album. So I think after the next song is just unfathomable. It's, to it's me. yeah, it's really crazy. But uh, here's lingerie. Oh wait, hold on. Forgot to turn the volume up. Here's lingerie. Just in case 
Sorry about that. I was busy petting the cat. Yep. It's uh, okay. We were jamming. Yeah. No, uh, <laughs> not a metaphor. <laughs> no, 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 no. It just no. occurred to Kit, me what our, song we were listening to. Our, our tortoise shell tiny ass yes. adult cat, Kit. Um, <laughs> no, I was leaned real back in my, uh, in my computer chair here, petting Kit, and I was like, oh, right, the song. Right, uh, <laughs> we are just vibing. Yeah. No, I really like this song. I think it, it, like, it works as a closer. Yeah. You know, it's a good, like, slow jam, like, yeah. you know, baby making sex music type type. It definitely song. is. Like, I think her voice is suited for it. I think so. I think so. the guitar is really good in this song. Mm-hmm. You know. It's a good album closer if the next three songs weren't bangers <laughs> after banger after banger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Yeah. It's one of the best, like, sexy slow jam songs that's right. come out this decade. And I feel like you don't get a lot of these anymore. You really don't. You know? And it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, you, you don't get a lot of, like, these kind of very earnest, like, seductive. Like, there's plenty of songs about sex, but yeah. a, a lot of them aren't seductive. No, no, you know? yeah. There's a lot of very aggressive songs about sex. Yeah, but um, about, like, you know, like, I will make you mine, where yeah. it's, it's like seduce me yeah don't just tell me you're hot and you can get it convince <laughs> me and this song convinces me yeah no this, this is a great song <laughs> definitely um and yeah we can move on we're going to the deluxe tracks now uh this is boys we're gonna switch the vibe up a little bit What you say, boy? You tryna play court like a game boy? Hit my phone, boy. Is your homeboy? Are you a lone boy? Come give me dome, boy. Got a boy with degrees, a boy in the streets, a boy on his knees. He a man in the sheets. Sheesh, it's all Greek to me. Got this boy speaking Spanish. I hit my beer. Baby, I don't need you. I just wanna freak you. I heard you a freak too. What's two plus two? In the city boys, I like the pretty boys with the bow tie. Get your nails did, let it blow dry. I like a big beard, I like a clean face. I don't discriminate. Come and get a taste. (laughs) Okay, okay, this is my favorite part of the song. Yeah, of course. (laughs) I mean, it's 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 the main part of the song. I think people know that part of the song more than they know the chorus of the song. Honestly, it's just so nice to get a song about men that is celebrating all types of men. Because, like, a lot of times when we're talking about men's bodies specifically in a song by a female pop artist, you're dick-shaming. 
Yeah, it, yeah, like, probably. Probably seventy like, percent of the time. Like, there's not a lot of songs that are about just liking boys. Exactly. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I also love at the end of that uh, verse too. She says, "From the playboys to the gay boys, go and slay boys. You my fave boys." And it is kind of funny because now it's coming out that Lizzo is much nicer to gay men than she is to other women. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I mean, shit, even, even before all this, I probably yeah. could have told you that. Yeah. Like, just based on vibes alone. Yeah, like, yeah she's she's one of those... Well, she's not straight. But she, she's one of those women that always has to have a gay best friend, I was and they only call them the say, gay best friend. I was just about to say, she seems like the type of person that's obsessed with having a gay best friend. Right, which is funny, because, like, in my world, I have to think hard about which of my guy friends are straight. Yeah. Like, it is... Uh, yeah. But no, I think I think this is a fun song. Yeah, yeah. It, it reminds me of um, it reminds me of a Salt and Pepper song. Yeah, that beat is so good. Yeah, that's the best a cowbell yeah. has sounded in the 2010s. You know, and I, uh, you know, an- another thing about me is I unironically really, really like Salt and Pepper. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, that's what this reminds me of. And uh, we can move on. Excellent. To the the song. The song. We're finally at it. The song, ladies Track and gentlemen. Thirteen. Truth hurts. Why men great so they gotta be great? Woo. I just took a DNA test, turns out I'm a hundred percent that bitch. Even when I'm crying crazy, yeah, I got boy problems. That's the human in me. Bling, bling, then I saw them. That's the goddess in you me. Could've- Yeah, you know the song. Yep, originally um, came out in 2017. Yep. Oh. So here, what's what's up? Um. You go first because I, I saw how like like I'm reading the about and how it okay. gained traction. So you. I know. I was just gonna say. So, this is one of those songs. This falls into a weird category for me. Where like I do like this song. Right. For, to say it. So, I don't want to say it's overplayed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I I still enjoy the song. Yeah. But it is. There, there's a specific type of song, and people will know what I'm talking about, where it's not overplayed, it's over-parodied. Yes. I hate... First of all, I don't like parody songs in the first place. I hate every single parody of this song. Yeah. There are a billion of them. They're all bad. And not a single funny parody of this song exists. In do my not opinion. Send, do not send me one. You're wrong. <laughs> in my opinion, Weird Al is the only person in music that has any business making parody songs right. anymore. Because he doesn't do a direct parody song. Most of the time he does something that sounds like it's from Lady Gaga or Lizzo or the Bengals or whoever he's. No, he does direct parodies. He does sometimes. Like, but lately it's eat, been more. Eat It's a direct parody. And... Yeah. 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 But, like, I feel like he's the only guy that should still be doing it. Yeah, that's Like, unless fair. your name's Weird Al Yankovic, please stop. No, I think I think <laughs> it's... The problem is that YouTube killed the parody song. Yeah. You know... Colleen uh, Ballinger drove that stake in in 2013, <laughs> and we just never recovered. I, I just, like... I don't know. Like, I, I liked Weird Al when I was a kid, but, like... You know, it was, like, at the time, Weird Al was the only one doing that. Yeah. You know, and then you might get musical, like, 
comedy acts like Bo Burnham yeah but yeah. they weren't doing parody songs no and then when YouTube started it's like it just blew up because it was because it's the easiest what content. if truth hurts yep. was written by an emo yeah, band in exactly. 2006 and it's some guy in his 30s that's trying to talk to 17 yeah. year old girls in his comments but it's like it was it's not only YouTube for this song it's also like every fucking late night talk yeah. show had to do their own truth hurts parody yeah there's probably a fucking hillary clinton parody of truth hurts out like probably they're so it's such a it's just i don't know like this song didn't get killed for me from hearing it too much this song got killed for me from hearing versions of this song too much yeah yeah that's you know? fair so apparently what caused it to like really break out of this box. So she released the song in 2017. Um, she told People Magazine that she was considered quitting music um, after the song came out and didn't do well in 2017, but her fr- friends, family, and collaborators encouraged her to continue with her career, allowing her to reap the benefits after the song was included in the 2019 Netflix film Someone Great and reached oh. number one on the Billboard Hot 100 in September 2019. That's extremely funny that... that uh was that from Genius? Yes. Because it got it blew up on TikTok. It did, but so, so it blew up in TikTok in 2020. But I, saw, I was there, Gandalf. I remember three thousand years ago. Because <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. On here we go. Uh, I saw that on here. Well, yeah. TikTok it, it became a viral sleeper hit in 2019 after gaining popularity on the TikTok video sharing app and being used in the Netflix movie Someone Great. Right. I think that's what happened is somebody heard the song in the movie, put it on TikTok, somebody used it, somebody else used it, you know. Yeah. It's just really funny to, like, give more credit to the movie than to right? blowing up on TikTok because I'm going to tell you right now, I have never heard of this movie in my life. No, I I'm haven't either. I'm clicking on the Wikipedia article, and I don't even think I've seen this poster before. <laughs> oh, my God. This, so- does not, this does not look familiar at all. No. So, um, <laughs> uh, this song knocked Iggy Azalea's Fancy off its pedestal as the longest-running number one song by a female rapper in Hot 100 history. Well, and good. I, for one... I'm just happy to see Iggy Azalea lose. Yeah, that's good. This isn't my favorite song in the world, but I'd, I'd pick it over Fancy every day of the week. Every day. If I had to pick one, like, if I go to hell and a demon's like, what would you rather listen to while you're being tortured? Fancy by yeah. Iggy Azalea or Good as Hell by Lizzo? Right. I would probably say Good as Hell by Lizzo because uh, it would just, I mean, I'm already in hell. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Although I will say, um... That the opening line, the like first things first, I'm the realist. Iconic. That lives in my head. Rent free. All, all, all this. Anytime I hear the phrase first things first, I immediately think I'm the realist. No, and it's funny because like <laughs> I will sometimes say first things first, and you just very quietly go, I'm the realist. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't like that song at all. But uh, and there's something about that opening line. Maybe I've just heard that line so much because right. it's like. Because the song starts almost immediately, so it's like, you know, you hear that one line and then change the station or something. Right. It's just so funny. Anyway, I believe we have one more song left. Yes, before the actual um, deluxe album that we have. It's the closer is Water Me, which I think is also a great closing track, actually. Yeah. Don't I have to leave? Oh no, I am free. Yeah, yeah, come on. 
Yeah, it's another it's another one of these, you know, big positive jams. Right, but I love that instead of just being the same, I love me because I'm the best message. It's right. like I know I'm great and if you're gonna be in a relationship yeah. with me, then you gotta water me. I would I would take this over uh, like a girl or soulmate, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. If I we so. if we were swapping out main album tracks with the bonus tracks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would swap out Water Me for like a girl and Soulmate for Truth Hurts. Right. You know. Right. But um Yeah, that's 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 the album. We liked this album pretty well. And you had some trouble finding yeah. people that didn't, shockingly. So, here's the thing. I went on Rate Your Music and I was looking for bad reviews. I was expecting because this is a Lizzo album. Right. Uh like I was expecting that guy that put her, that photo on the Wikipedia. Yeah, basically. I was expecting some, like, funny, yeah. bad reviews. Yeah. You know? But, like, pretty much every review that I could find was, like, the lowest reviews were, like, two and a half stars. And they were perfectly reasonable. Right. <laughs> you know? It's basically yeah. everyone saying, like, yeah, the singles are good, uh, but there's, like, every other song is kind of overproduced. And, like, it's a lot of sameness. Yeah. You know, it's fine. She's clearly talented. And I'm just like, this isn't funny. Right. I can't, so I can't I guess we're just skipping this. that for this. Yeah. Week. That's totally fine. Although it is nice to do an episode about a black woman. And there's not just a bunch of hateful shit. That, I was yeah. thinking you were going to just find the most toxic I, sludge. The I thought has I to would offer. too. I thought it's I would too. It's kind of refreshing. I thought <laughs> That's I was, nice. I really, really thought I was going to find reviews about how this album is like is like a, a, a sign that society is crumbling to woke ideology or something. Right, like just some <laughs> racist guy going on a rant right. of, this album made my wife leave me because I beat her every day for 12 <laughs> years, and then Lizzo said, love your soul, and she's gone. I'm sure, you know, that's what I was expecting. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure those reviews exist and are out there, but I couldn't find them on rateyourmusic.com. And therefore, and we're I'm, not doing them. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to dig too hard for it. But yeah, so I guess it's just time for plugs. Yeah, let's do our plugs. Uh, don't forget to... Follow uh, the show at MBF Records Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and you can follow me on um, both of those or on uh, Twitter at Frequency Shifts. You can find me on TikTok and on Instagram at Amanda Moonchild. Or if you'd like to see more of my personal art and moth adventures, you can follow me at Spicy's Pisces Crises on Instagram. What do we got? What's our next album? Our next album is No Love Deep Web by Death Grips. Hell yes. Let's, Let's go. go. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.